Welcome to Women Who Sarcast. I'm Kathy Barron. And I'm Shailani Alex. And we are back again. It's amazing how a month goes by so quickly. I know. Reels. So what have you been doing to pass time during um, this? Um, hiding out and <laughs> uh-huh. sewing and baking and working and playing music. Did I tell you that... Um, I have my family piano that I actually learned to play on now in my home. I saw the picture, but there wasn't any furniture around it. What did you do with all that furniture that was there? Got rid of it because, you know, piano takes priority. (laughs) You got rid of it? (laughs) No, it's by the fireplace, which I don't really like it sitting there. But if I don't turn on the fireplace, then I'm cool. Um, (laughs) But yeah, but but I put it on the other side of the wall next to, yeah, next to the fireplace and... um, and I found this tripod and I've been making videos and no doing way. covers singing. Yeah. So I've been posting them up on YouTube. <laughs> oh, I haven't seen any of them. I didn't even know that. I'm shy. Did okay. you post the link anywhere? Uh, no. Well, maybe you should. <laughs> yeah, maybe I will. I'm still shy about it. I mean, I'm not shy. I play music all the time. It's fine. I'm just not very good at self-promoting. How about that? I'm not shy, but I am shy about self-promoting. No, I, uh, but I understand. I would like. I would like to say, though, that my first piano cover that I posted and singing is a Prince cover. <gasps> oh, my God. And you didn't promote that? No, so what, I love what is Prince. your YouTube channel so all Sinead of our O'Connor. listeners can go there? Oh. Um. Do you want to say? <laughs> yeah, it's fine. It's just Shailani Alex. Like, it's it's easy to find. There's only a couple videos up there right now. I mean, the latest one is the, the video I did with the... Um, the piano and the singing, and then I was experimenting with this video editing tool where I'm all pixelated. Nice. Anyway, it's just it's whatever. I was just goofing around, and my iPhone wasn't working. I'm just experimenting. How about that? Let me just say that I was experimenting. Are you recording I, them on your iPhone? Yeah, but I think I'm actually going to switch over because there's some issues with the mic because the the iPhone's pretty beat up. Oh, um, okay. So I'm going to try a couple today. I've decided that my parents who are who don't live in the country. Um, they're isolating themselves and they're kind of liking it. But my mom saw my post on Facebook, which is always a scary thing to have your mom comment on a post <laughs> on Facebook. And she's like, oh, oh, wow. I, I want to hear. Uh, yeah, I could just hear her saying it. I want to hear you played the piano. That's so good. And she's all excited about it. <laughs> so I decided I'm going to do a video for them, like one per week of just like requests from them. Oh, so nice. I already have two. I left My Heart in San Francisco, which is a song my mom made me play all the time. And then the other one is Moon River, which mm. is a song my mom used to sing as a lullaby to me. Oh, so, How sweet. Yeah. Very exciting. Do- I can't wait. Do you take requests? Like, can people? <laughs> yeah, I'm always open to like, like some you know. Sinead O'Connor or Bjork or something. I did. At, oh, Sinead O'Connor. So that Prince tune I did is one that Sinead O'Connor had done. Oh. Um, so that's a double right there. Mm. I'll send you. I'll send you the link, Kathy. Okay, maybe, and I'll post maybe. it on the. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I'm gonna send it to you. Anyway, so go to YouTube and uh, Shailani Alex. Yeah, you can see all her fabulousness. Your video that you did is on there, Kathy. Remember, you what, did what the video when we were in the studio. When we were in the studio. Oh yeah, yeah that. Ugh. You can see Kathy's great work as well, too. Why don't you post that, Kathy? Well, I do have some short films on YouTube. Yeah, you've seen them, I'm sure. And and your music, I think you did your a couple music, music video. videos. Yeah. Those are fun. Yeah, it's fun to do. I kind of miss doing stuff like that, but 
It's oh. hard to find people to collaborate with. Yeah. Because well. it was great doing yours in the studio, but I wish I had a second camera person because, you know, yeah. you definitely can't be everywhere. And, yeah. you know, when you have like 20 people in your band, it's hard to <laughs> pick like and choose. Four. <laughs> four people's a lot. We're occasionally five. <laughs> but it's hard to, you know, get good footage when yeah. you're all over the place. You have to clone yourself, Kathy, for more than one reason, so. <laughs> yeah, right. Because <laughs> you're Kathy. Speaking of which, today yeah. we're going to talk about <laughs> the seven deadly sins. What does and, it have to do with cloning? <laughs> I don't know. That seems like a sin of some sort. <laughs> I'm not oh, quite man. sure where that was is under, but. Um, we'll find out. Sloth, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Gluttony. <laughs> so you've heard of the seven deadly sins, right? Yes, I have. I think totally. a, I think a few of these can definitely apply for the last few weeks, especially all of the them. sloth yeah. and the gluttony. All of them. And the yeah. anger. Uh-huh, pride. Also known I as think. wrath, I guess. Wrath, yeah. So the seven are pride, envy, gluttony, lust, anger, cre- greed, not creed, greed, and <laughs> sloth. Mm-hmm. And so I did a little bit of research on Wikipedia and Christianity.com because because uh, I don't really know that much about them. And it was kind of interesting. I, I guess they... Um, the deadly sins were identified by Pope Gregory the first in the late sixth mm-hmm. century. And I guess they're not in the Bible. Well, they're not explicitly called as that. Yes. In the Bible. But there's a lot of reference to similar, very similar things. Okay. And the history of the sin categorization began in the year four hundred. So I'm gonna totally kill this monk's name, but Vargius Monticus, a fourth century monk. Described mm-hmm. eight evils to resist. Two centuries later, Pope Gregory, Gregory I refined the inventory to seven. Well, that was nice of him. Thanks for cutting it down. I don't know what which one he got rid of. I might have come across it. There, I think it's one of them had like two levels to it. So maybe he just oh, decided to consolidate. Okay. Yeah. So Isaiah 14, 13-14 tells us pride and selfishness are related to each of the seven and are viewed as the root causes of all sin. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Should we describe each one? And Yeah. Okay. So the definition of pride is the quality or state of being proud, such as inordinate self-esteem conceit. And the counterpart is humility, meekness, love God, love others, appropriate self-worth mm-hmm. pride is considered on almost every list the original and most serious of the seven deadly sins i believe it <laughs> <laughs> it makes well i mean let's like if you just take it at a higher level right like all of these seven deadly sins really for, from my understanding and it kind of makes sense from a logical view that it's all about putting yourself before god right Re- regarding yourself higher than God, thinking of yourself only um, before God and before others. Um, mm-hmm. 
first. And so I guess that I could see how pride could be inserted in every single one, one of these easily. Right. So basically it's putting one's own desires, urges, wants, and whims before the Mm -hmm. welfare of other people. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So even if you don't believe in God, so it's you still kind is. of feel superior and more important than others. Yeah. Excessive admiration of the personal image or self. It's kind of subjective, isn't it? Like that's what makes us tricky. I think people have like different levels of humility, and then and then they try to mask it by using words saying like, "Oh, they're just being very confident." Like, nah, they're just feeling themselves <laughs> like <laughs> really hard. <laughs> Well, and I think, you know, we're told to be selfless, Mm -hmm. but also to be selfish at the same time. And so there's that line of doing what's best for yourself and Mm -hmm. making yourself a priority to helping others and doing things for others. It's balance. Yeah. In in true Libra style. (laughs) True Libra style. So Libra's in the High pride. High <laughs> pride. I'm just yeah, yeah. That's balance. It's it's that's a hard yeah. It's a hard line to distinguish. Like, do you keep track? You know, are you keeping tally. Today, it's I did five selfish things. So next week, I'm gonna do five <laughs> selfless things. I mean, how do you even how do you even keep track of that? How do you monitor and maintain? that and avoid it yeah I don't know I mean I think in times of stress like what kind of what we're in right now I think there's a lot of pride going on because yeah. I think we're all although I shouldn't say that because there's a lot of people out there that are helping others too so I think it ramps up a little bit in time of crisis mm-hmm. on either side because mm-hmm. you do see the good and bad in, in humans you, you know there there is an interesting um, perspective that I found on a a website called Groundwork, um, which is, uh, it's a Christian site. And basically, it's a series of podcasts by these pastors that talk about different topics. They did a whole series on the seven deadly sins. And at the start of their series, they were talking about, this is a quote, it's, they were saying that the deadly sins are not themselves actions, but they're attitudes that lead to actions. So I think that that kind of, that kind of addresses like the difficulty of being able to quantify this really it's it's just about your attitude it's about your approach it's kind of like where your head space is at the time that you're kind of dealing with with you know a, right the second before you're about to make an action right? mm-hmm. so it's so fluid it's just really hard to to monitor but to have like these this kind of way of articulating what these sins are and then what these things are that would quote unquote cure them or you know I've, I've seen them referenced before as virtues um then that that's kind of like your your guardrail. (laughs) Yeah. And Benjamin Franklin also said, in reality, there is perhaps no one of our natural passions so hard to subdue as pride. Disguise Mm -hmm. it, struggle with it, stifle it, mortify it as much as one pleases. It is still alive and will every now and then peep out. I'm sure he said peep out and show (laughs) itself. You will see it perhaps often in this history. For even if I could conceive that I had completely overcome it, I should probably be proud of my humility. Because <laughs> you can totally see Benjamin Franklin saying, peep out. <laughs> right? With his little haircut. Did they even know what peep was back then? <laughs> Wikipedia, you're so full of shit. 
<laughs> Who writes this shit on Wikipedia anyway? <laughs> All I can see is his face <laughs> on money. On the money. Isn't he on money? He's what is peeping he? What out. What currency? What did I'm... What, uh, Franklin? Isn't that like a hundred dollar bill or something? 50? Yeah, the Benjamin. Benjamin, the Benz. The Benz. <laughs> You're just looking at his face with a little bubble coming out. <laughs> so you peep, peep this out. <laughs> God. Uh, yeah. Who writes Wikipedia <laughs> entries like? No idea. <laughs> Uh, somebody with way too much time on their hands. I knew I shouldn't have done gone to Wikipedia. <laughs> anyway, makes it for good entertainment. Anyway. Okay. Anyway, yes. Focus. <laughs> so basically, pride is the deadliest of all the sins and leads directly to the damnation of the titulary. Who, who, who are these words? I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> In Dante's Divine Comedy, the penitent are burdened with stone slabs on their necks to keep their heads bowed. Ugh, that sounds painful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like that that sucks. <laughs> Ain't too proud to beg. What's that song all about? <laughs> That's our next breaking it down. <laughs> Ain't too proud to beg. Start rapping. <laughs> wiki wiki. <laughs> oh God! All right. So the next one is envy. Mm-hmm. In the definition, painful or resentful awareness of an advantage enjoyed by another joined with a desire to possess the same advantage. Damn, that's a long. <laughs> I was gonna say, where's another one that's a little Here. more, you know? Well, when I that found was from was... Christianity.com. Oh. I got a lot of things to say. <laughs> this one, I um, my the source I was kind of that I was referencing was um, my main one was BibleInfo.com, mm-hmm. and I liked it because it's it's a it's very much more su- succinct. They say envy is the intense desire to have an item that someone else possesses. Mm. See, so it's the intensity there again. It's just this idea of excessiveness. This idea of it's all about me wanting more than you know than you need. And that could be if you want more attention, mm-hmm. um, material things. Mm-hmm. And I think it like kind of goes hand in hand with comparing yourself to other people. Yeah. And that's where the envy comes in. I, I like this quote here from um, from the Bible. It's in uh, Proverbs 1430, which I actually like the book of Proverbs. It's just this huge book of wisdom and awesome quotes. Anyway, it says there, a sound heart is life to the body, but envy is rottenness to the bones. Mm. I know. So it's, it's kind of fortune cookie-ish, don't you think? You know what? <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if there's a fortune cookie company out there that's just taking verses from the book of Proverbs. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, ain't too proud to beg, I'm sure, is one of them. I know. You crack open a cookie. <laughs> Ain't too proud to beg. Whoa. <laughs> and then you put in bed after that. Because right, <laughs> just let's do after fortune cookies. Ain't too proud to beg. In bed. <laughs> that one works. Yeah. <laughs> Don't anyway. be jelly. 
In don't bed. be jelly donuts. In bed. <laughs> don't be envious. In bed. <laughs> That's blasphemous, dude. <laughs> well, I'm sure people can relate more with the the uh, fortune cookie analogy. <laughs> That's a new way of doing tracks, you know, like Bible tracks. I, I know people still have them and use them today as, you know, what churches go out and, and drop them. You know, they, they'll start infiltrating fortune cookies now. People don't even know that they're reading Bible verses. Take over the world with fortune cookies. Happy Bible verses. They're pretty nice when they're not being putting down people. Right. <laughs> being raised the judgment. Yeah. Judge, judging. <laughs> We're not supposed to judge people. Hello, remember? Do not judge lest you still be judged. That's a fortune cookie. Don't judge. Don't judge. <laughs> a whole bag of fortune cookies. I just say that. <laughs> Don't judge. That's a verse. See? See how that works? See. Oh, anyway, we're surrounded. <laughs> okay, so the third one is wrath. Mm-hmm. Which is strong, venge- vengeful anger or indignation. Bible info just straight up uses the word hate. <laughs> really? They don't yeah, mince words? Is, they don't mince words. Wrath is a strong anger and hate towards another person. So it can be defined as uncontrolled feelings of anger, rage, and even hatred. Wrath often reveals itself in the wish to seek vengeance. In its purest form... Wrath presents with injury, violence, and hate that may provoke feuds that can go on for centuries. Or even months or years like Tiger King. <laughs> Joe Exotic. You went there. You Carol did it. Freaking I went there. I just went did it. there. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so I watched like the first episode and half of the second. And then I just skipped to the last one because I'm like, I am not going to sit through this same dumbass shit oh, for four episodes. I just went right to the last one because I know what's going to happen. He's going to jail. No, but it, but it totally picks up like by episode five. You're just like, oh, what? You can get away with like three and four. Big deal. Five, half of five. Six and then seven recapping what's up. <laughs> well, I heard that they're going to release another episode. I can't watch any more of that, though. I ain't going to lie. Yeah, it, you're it's... lying. You're totally going to watch that. I'm not. You know, yeah. I don't want to get sucked into that. I I feel awful getting sucked into this because I, I hate that. But it, you know, I, I did it. <laughs> because I'm not being very rational during isolation. But it, it's interesting, and it, it just feels sad for the animals, number one. Uh, anyway, I mean, we could go yeah, on and on. They're, up, both, they're all in the same camp as far as I'm concerned. This chick, Carol, who is supposedly having oh, yeah. a sanctuary. Yeah. And she's she like, they shouldn't be in cages. Well, bitch, you've got them in cages. So how is it any different? I know. You might it's not like be if she... breeding them, but you're still keeping them in cages. Right. If, if she were, like, on a path, like, okay, we're going to, you know, uh, we're going to rehab them and then we're going to release them back into the wild. Like that's one thing, but she's just like, okay, we're, they're going to stay here for the rest of their days. And, and I'm she's like, she's charging oh. people to, to see yeah. them. So and she's benefiting it from it as well. So she's just bullshit as far as I'm I know. concerned. And she has volunteers running the whole thing. So she's not even paying for people to help run that. 
Like it's just all yeah, it's, it's just all saying, terrible. It's, it's all wrong. It's all all wrong. Like the hypocrisy, all of that is all wrong. But if I had to pick a camp to be in, I mean, <laughs> Joe Exotic camp, Team Joe, <laughs> Team Joe. <laughs> I just I feel bad for the dude. Like he's trying. I, I sincerely like. Okay, talk about pride. Hi, let's talk about the sins right here. Mm-hmm. We could do a whole seven deadly sins on Tiger King alone, but let's just <laughs> stay on track here. All right. But one thing to yeah, say Shaylani, is that pride, let's stay on track. I know. <laughs> just the last bit is just pride and Joe exotic, like all day long. Like you can't, there's no denying any of that stuff. But at the end of the day, like it just seems like he's trying to do the right thing when he has an opportunity to do the right thing. He gets used poor dude. Anyway, whatever's okay. No more, no more. So no more. feelings of wrath can manifest in different ways, including impatience, hateful misanthropy, revenge, and self-destructive behaviors. What's misanthropy? I don't know. Do you want to Google it real quick? Okay, I will. I'm going to do that. I'm on it. People feel angry when they sense that they, that they or someone they care about has been offended, when they are certain about the nature and cause of the angering event, when they are certain someone else is responsible, and when they feel they can still influence the situation or cope with it. Angry people are slaves to themselves, according to Henry Edward, whoever that is. Wow, that's a that's a pretty profound quote. Yeah, I mean, I think anger can come from many things. Frustration, feeling of helplessness, mm-hmm. just, you know, angry about injustice, that it's not necessarily, I don't think anger is a bad thing. No, I don't think so either. To dwell in it might be. Right, you well, know? and to hurt others, definitely. But yeah. I think anger is a good motivator sometimes. Yeah. Oh, it is. And it's a feeling. It's there for a reason. We, we feel them because we, there's, there's perp- in my opinion, there's purpose to it, right? It, it helps us to identify when something's wrong. It helps us to get it out of our system so that stress doesn't build up around it. It's just, but to dwell in that kind of stuff, any of these, any of these things that we're talking about today are just human nature, right? We're going to feel them at some point, but it's, it's your attitude towards what you're going to do about it. How are you going to take action on it? Mm-hmm. Um, that is really what's creating that per particular sin, right? I found what misanthropy is. Okay. What is it? Know. A person who dislikes humankind and avoids human society. So the quote example on Google was Scrooge wasn't the mean spirited misanthropy most of us believe him to be. <laughs> so it's basically what someone that word. is antisocial. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's all uh, <laughs> for all the introverts in the world. No, just kidding. Yeah. no that's extreme. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So the fourth sin mm-hmm. is something I can totally relate to. Oh my gosh, all day long. (laughs) And it's gluttony. (laughs) So gluttony is an inordinate desire to consume more than that which one requires, typically food or drink. Mm -hmm. Counterpart to that is self-control, contentment, patience, discernment. And this is for food and drink, not like... Well, that's what it says typically. So yeah. gluttony is the overindulgence and overconsumption of anything to the point of waste. The mm. word derives from the Latin gluteer or glutire, meaning to gulp down or swallow. Ding! In Christianity, 
<laughs> it is considered a sin if the excessive desire for food causes it to be withheld from the needy. Oh, that's interesting. Gluttony can be interpreted as selfish selfishness, essentially placing concern with one's own impulses or interests above the well-being or interests of others. Like intentionally? Like I'm thinking in my fridge, right? As a single person, stores don't sell single por- person portions, right? So you're always going to have to buy a little bit more. There's always going to be kind of like a little bit of waste. Like is that like that? Maybe. Should I just go to the store with a knife and just like cut my celery stalks in half and be like, this is all I need. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, how do you? Anyway. Well, I mean, you ever, did you, you know, the Princess Bride? Was it the Princess Bride movie? Uh, Where that guy's like, just one more. He like eats a mint and then he explodes. I saw that movie and I will say I'm probably one of the few people on earth that cannot stand that movie. (laughs) Let's just be real. Do you ever watch any of the um, Christopher Guest films? All of them. Like Final Best in Te- Show and... Oh Those are so rich for like remembering quotes. Mighty you know, Wind. Remember. Yes. Best in Show. Yeah. But I don't remember lines. Waiting for Guffman. Yes. Oh my gosh. The songs at the end. A penny for your thoughts. <laughs> remember that? I'll have to watch that again. I saw Mighty Wind in the theater actually. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, God. <laughs> anyway. But, okay, okay, I'm going to have to look those up to Waiting I for... Will... Waiting for Guffman was, like, one of the first ones, right? I think Spinal Tap, I think, was before Waiting yeah, for Spinal. Guffman. Yeah, I have Waiting for Guffman on VHS. Okay. <laughs> on VHS. <laughs> yes. And I still have Now, that's gluttony right there. I I love it. I'm trying to figure out how to like, I would buy a janky TV and like watch it just for my VHS tapes. So the medieval church leaders took a more expansive view of gluttony, arguing that it could also include an obsessive anticipation of meals and the constant eating of delicacies and the excessively costly foods. This Thomas... Uh, Aquinas went so far as to prepare a list of five ways to commit gluttony. Now, there's a Latin word for each, and, you know, I'm not even going to bother going there. So there's one that's called eating too expensively, eating too daintily. Daintily? Eating too much, (laughs) eating too soon, and eating too eagerly. What's wrong with eating too eagerly? What if you're hungry? Yeah. Oh, because they don't want you to scarf stuff down. Right. Okay. So of these, eating too eagerly is often considered the most serious since it is extreme <laughs> attachment to the pleasure of mere eating, which can make the committer eat impulsively. <laughs> no, it's so good. Why can't you be happy when you eat? You don't have to eat hella. You just like have to savor each bite. Oh my God, Kathy, last night, I got to tell you, on the way back from Kelseyville, driving through Napa, picked up some barbecue takeout. Uh-huh. I about lost my mind. It was so <laughs> good. Were you doing like your happy eat dance? Oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> it was so good. And just for like- listeners out there that don't know Shailani and haven't had a meal with Shailani, <laughs> she is the type of person that will eat something 
and she'll either sing or she'll do a little wiggle or she'll just like her face lights up. She's one of those expressive eaters. And I'm sure someone has someone in their family or group of friends that totally does that. And Shailani is my. Yes. And that the name for the eating too eagerly is Ardenter. Ardenter. I don't care. I love it. Whatever. Love life. Life's too short. (laughs) Don't need to eat the whole rack of ribs. Just a couple (laughs) pieces and love every bite. That's fine. Okay, so there's more to this. So, which can make the committer eat impulsively, absolutely, and without qualification, live merely to eat and drink, (laughs) lose attachment to health-related, social, intellectual, and spiritual pleasures, and lose proper judgment. (laughs) See? Lose your mind. I lost my mind. I'm so good. Whatever. I came back to earth. It's all good. <laughs> but food does bring us that kind of pleasure. It does. I mean, you see you little know, kids eat something that they really like, and they do a little dance, and, you know, that's <laughs> Shailani. For sure. <laughs> well, you know, it's also a way to – it's communication, right? Like, if you're with somebody who made something for you, and you're just excited – it's part of the joy of cooking for other people. It's just making sure that they're happy, they're fed, mm-hmm. they're fed healthily, right? But it's just, it's just fun. <laughs> I mean, people who are like that do have to be conscious. Like, all right, don't eat twenty cookies, just one. <laughs> it's all right. Yeah, like that you know, happens. To, well, they have to work a little harder. How yeah. about that? Well, it's about self control, I guess. Yeah. Moving on. Mm-hmm. To your favorite word. Which one? Your favorite sin. Lust. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> that is not my favorite one. It just happens to be an interesting one because of the controversy. You know, I mean, I like controversy. Well, not really, but <laughs> I like to watch it not be in it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You like to stir it up. I like to stir it up. See how what people do with that. So lust is an inordinate craving for the pleasures of the body. Mm-hmm. So there, here's an interesting um, quote I wanted to share with you. Frederick Buchner, uh, I don't even know if I'm saying that correctly, but anyway, uh, put it this way. Lust is the craving for salt by a man dying of thirst. Wow. About that. That's intense. Think about that. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. <laughs> deep so deep it takes a second to just really think about what that is right it it puts things into perspective less people think like oh my god i can't think of anything physical or sexual and you're like nah we're so like that is put in us right it's and christians um would maybe hardcore ones would be like it's there because it's the energy it's a drive to procreate right but but when you think about less it's that extremity again right that we're talking about that excessiveness Mm-hmm. Like, do you really need that? And really, at the end of the day, come on now. Like, like how is that going to make you feel? Yeah, how's it going to make you feel? Because walk a shame, for example. Walk that, shame. <laughs> that that didn't just come out of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So lust or lechery is intense longing. It is usually thought of as intense or unbridled sexual desire, which leads to fornication, adultery, rape, 
bestiality, and other sinful sexual acts. However, lust could also mean simply desire in general. Thus, lust for money, power, and other things are sinful. Yeah. Dante defined lust as the disordered love for individuals. It is generally thought to be the least serious capital sin as it is an abuse of a faculty that humans share with animals and sins of the flesh are less grievous than spiritual sins. Faculty that humans share with animals? I know. (laughs) I didn't know animals were lustful. Oh. That's weird. How do how do they know? Does someone is someone an animal <laughs> translator? I mean, like how do they know that? So basically, once again, it comes down to self control. This is another one that I've been practicing the last few weeks. What? Lust? Sloth. Oh, <laughs> were you gonna, were you gonna like tell me you were moving on? <laughs> so sloth is the avoidance of physical or spiritual work. Let me read the one line Bible info. (laughs) (laughs) Sloth is an excessive laziness or the failure to act and utilize one's talents. That last part. That's a better definition than freaking Wikipedia. (laughs) That last part, I think, is a really big thing. You know, it's cool to be lazy. Everybody needs a break. Yeah. Um, But not utilizing one's talents. If you're a fantastic director and film editor, Kathy, for example. Get out there and do it, you know, like just you you have these talents for a reason. They're put in you. Not everybody has that. You were chosen to have that talent. Mm -hmm. So to not use it is Mm -hmm. is definitely I can see where that's coming from. True. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There's a um, I would like to quote again from the book of Proverbs, if I may. (laughs) Uh, Your bad self. Well, it's interesting. I mean, I know we're quoting the Bible a lot in this, but, you know, this is all. A Christian thing. I mean, it comes from that area in a way, so it kind of makes sense. But Proverbs 6, 6 says, go to the ant, you sluggard, an exclamation point. <laughs> Consider her ways and be wise. Do you like how the ant was a her? Yeah, I didn't like that. Yeah. Go to the ant, you sluggard. Consider her ways and be wise. Hmm. This tiny little thing carrying like a hundred bajillion times her weight mm-hmm. on her back. Still working it out. I've never seen a, an ant stay still. Have you ever seen? Um, unless they're dead. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's the thing too. It's and this is why this is so wise. Why Proverbs is such an interesting book to just study, whether you're a Christian or not. It just really is interesting the way that they articulate these things. Here's this ant who's tiny, 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 has a, an am- amazing amount of strength. Knows the risk that if they go out there. They could get squashed. They could be dead in like a millisecond by a pinky. You know what I mean? Right. But they're still out there and they're doing the thing. Or some stupid ass kid with a magnifying glass trying to burn the shit out of them. I know. I'll be guilty of that. (laughs) (laughs) But you know what I mean? It's, it's, this is, wow. Talk about imagery. And the final deadly sin, number seven, is greed is the desire for material wealth or gain ignoring the realms of the spiritual or a selfish and excessive desire for more of something such as money than is needed, material goods. So greed, which is also known as avarice, cupidity, 
concerns. Average, Cup- average stupidity. Like cu- <laughs> cupid, cupidity or covetousness is like lust and gluttony, a sin of desire. However, greed is applied to an artificial desire and pursuit of material possessions. Hmm. It's, it's more material focused. So hoarding of materials or objects, theft and robbery, especially by means of violence, trickery or manipulation of authority are all actions that may be inspired by greed. Like all the hoarding that's been happening at right, Costco. With freaking People with toilet, toilet paper. paper water. Just kidding. I'm not bitter. <laughs> <laughs> My wrath is coming out. <laughs> they all feed into each other. It's like, really? I mean... Yeah. It's a bit much as far as that goes. And people just freak out and, you know, don't think of others in the situation. Ah, people. (laughs) So which of these sins do you most relate to or not? Uh, All of them. Just kidding. (laughs) That you're not really to? That I relate to. (laughs) I mean, everybody does. It yeah, just on some level, like, right? It describes the dirty side of human nature. I mean, that's that's basically what it's it was trying to do, right? Yeah, I, it all happens. It's, it's just at varying levels, and you know, it depends on where we're at in life and what's causing us to be a certain way. I mean, you're right though. Like with everything that's going on with this isolation, all of these are easily coming out, right? Less gluttony, greed, law, all of that. Yeah, is, is coming out. Um, but it's an attitude, like like that um, that podcast basically or that website was was trying to explain. It's it's definitely an attitude, and it's just how you react and what you do in response to that that attitude. Well, I think being self aware is helpful mm-hmm. when you catch yourself being in any excessive state of mind. Yeah, regardless that you know you catch yourself and it's self control. It's um. You know, I was thinking about this, like, how could I bucket what these deadly sins are altogether? And it, it really just represents excessiveness and the need for that self-control, the need for that balance. Um, you know, just thinking, like, if you were to go through each one of these and you would just think about all the times when that's happened and maybe, you know, we've been excessive in any of them, think about just how awful you felt after, no matter what the sin is, right? Eating that full thing of ice cream. <laughs> Like, mm-hmm. you know, stepping on people, you know, because you're too focused on yourself to think of how your actions are going to affect somebody else because you're climbing to the top of that corporate ladder. And, you know, like I mentioned earlier, the walk of shame, right? All of these things are associated with these really bad, these bad feelings afterwards. And really having this little bit of a guidance is to avoid us from feeling like that at the end of it all. Right. Like Black Friday. Yeah. Like, yeah. Do you really need to crawl over somebody to get that 50 inch TV. No, I know. What's what's wrong with your 30-inch one? What's wrong with, yeah, you know, it's just, what do you need that for? What? I know it makes you happy, but it, it, it really is a time for us to kind of look back and, and think about, do I really need all the things that I need, uh, that I have right now? Like, I, I was talking to, um, I was talking to someone the other day, and I said that, you know, when, since I moved, this space is bigger <laughs> than my last place, and I lived in this tiny, tiny studio apartment for, like, seven years, basically, and was completely content and happy. Mm-hmm. And it was packed full of stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, I know. But it was fun, and it was cozy, and it was all that I needed. It was less to clean, quite frankly. 
Let's be practical. About there wasn't it. much floor space. Yeah, I know. Because <laughs> you know, you cover it up, it makes it easier. <laughs> right. But just like really, you know, I, I was thinking too, going back to how these deadly sins even started, it was this church, right? This this religious perspective of trying to control how much you think of yourself before thinking of God, before thinking of others. And um, and it was really leaning on trusting that there was something else that was going to provide for you in those times of excessiveness, you know, having or wanting or doing more than you need. It really counters that reliance on this higher being or God uh, for those that believe in God, you know, just to just to know that it'll it'll all work out, people. You don't need all that. You don't need 100 rolls of toilet paper. You'll be just fine. Right. <laughs> there is enough out there for everybody. And I think the issue also lies in that our attitudes are, we focus on the scarcity yeah. of things. One thing I wanted to mention as we we're going through this, kind of in, in a summarized cap way, I could do this quickly, are the virtues, the things that cure these things. I know you started to mention them as you were going through like the first couple of them. Um, but, you know, thinking about these sins now, what do you do? Right. What are you supposed to do with yourself? Right. <laughs> like, like, dang, it's out there. What do I do to protect myself? Where's my mask? Lust, which is the first one on my list. <laughs> Look at Kathy. It's just Do worse. I know you or not? Uh, no, it was <laughs> hello. Bibleinfo.com had that as number one. <laughs> Uh, anyway, so lust, they say, uh, the the kind of cure, the virtue, which is also a separate thing that was developed, I guess, way back in the day. Um, like, I want to say it was either through literature or poetry, where these virtues popped up because basically everybody's freaking out about these deadly sins and trying to figure out what do I do about that. Lust, uh, the cure for that is chastity or self-control, um, cures lust by controlling passion and leveraging that energy for, for the good of others. So that's not just sexual, that's just like in, you know, in other areas like we were talking about gluttony the cure for that they call it temperance i guess that's self-control cures gluttony by implanting the desire to be healthy so therefore making one fit to serve others so it's really coming from a perspective of health and really quite frankly just you want to live as long as you can right or try to so even if you're not going to serve other people like just stay alive (laughs) stay alive stay alive alive. stay alive uh uh uh, uh, stay in line. Mm. Uh, nice. I like that little. Mm. <laughs> anyway, okay. So, um, greed is the next one, and they say the cure for that is charity, right? So we're talking about the toilet paper, right? You're gonna have like fifty gajillion extra rolls. Why don't you give it to somebody that doesn't have right. any? Yeah, share. Share. You know, because it goes around, comes around, and it'll come back to you tenfold. Right. Karma. Or 10 sheets of toilet paper, whatever, you know, whatever. 10 sheets of toilet paper. 10 ply. So char- 10 ply, 20 ply. Uh, so charity, it cures greed by putting the desire to help others um, above storing up treasures or, you know, things for yourself. Sloth, uh, the cure for that is diligence or zeal cures slothfulness, they say. They say, your quotes, by placing the interest of others above a life of ease and relaxation. Hmm. So be the ant. Wrath. So the cure for that is patience. Patience cures wrath by one first understanding the needs and desires of others before acting or speaking. And then envy, uh, they say the kindness to that, uh, the kindness, the cure to that is kindness. Kindness cures envy by placing the desire to help others above the need to supersede them. Right. Um, and it's then not the a last, competition. That's right. Slow your roll. 
be nice, be kind. <laughs> um, and then the last one, which was the first one that we talked about, so kind of coming full circle, is pride. Um, and you had mentioned it at the very start that <clears throat> humility cures pride. Uh, by removing one's ego and boastfulness and, you know, therefore allowing just that attitude of service. Be having that servant kind of uh, life is really a good place to be, I think, in any area of your life, personal, professional. Um, yeah. Right. And don't always make things about you when they're not. And, right. you know, it isn't always about us. Because there's other people in the world. Um, the other the other interesting thing that I found too in this research was, um, you know, all in the Bible. If you are one that goes to the Bible and believes that all of these sins are forgivable, right? Um, but there is one that is not, which I knew, but I didn't know, and then I knew again when <laughs> <And> I looked. <laughs> it's like all the Sunday school memories. Yeah, it's been back. a while since I've been to confession. <laughs> um, and that is blasphemy. It's oh. really a yeah, it's not forgivable and it's a rejection of God's grace. And I I just I think about that for a second and I think wow, blasphemy is interpreted differently by different people, right? Mm. Some people say blasphemy is like using God's name in vain, um talking false things about God and who God is, all of that stuff, right? Um but the reality is it's really like I mentioned earlier, it's a rejection of God's grace. It's just understanding that there is recognizing a higher being that could be, you know, guiding you in life. <laughs> well, that was very interesting and very educational. And I think it was a great reminder, you know, regardless of the religious yeah. aspect of it. I think that it definitely applies oh, yeah. to a lot of people. Yeah. And we appreciate you listeners out there. Remember to go to YouTube, check out Shailani Alex. I'm going to do that as soon as we're done with this recording. Oh, no. <laughs> and you can find Women Who Sarcast on Instagram and Twitter. And you can also email us at womenwhosarcast at yahoo.com. And I'd love to hear your thoughts on these uh, seven deadly sins and what your experience has been during this um, shelter in place and stay at home time. We'll get there together. Right. <laughs> Kathy, by the way, happy anniversary to you women who sarcast. You're just doing a fabu job. Thanks to you. <laughs> well, no, I mean, I'm just, I'm here to support and help, but I, I just, watching it grow from the start is just a really, really, a really fun thing um, to watch. And in, in terms of just like growth overall, like, don't forget, folks, there's a Patreon that's happening, so... Right, and thank you for bringing that up, Shailani. I haven't quite yeah. gotten into the groove of that. But I yeah, know. I mean, if you want to see more or hear more of this craziness behind the scenes, I am serious about sending my Patreon stuff that doesn't go on social media. Like, you will you will be the only one seeing and hearing this stuff. It's not going to be on social media. And, you know, I'm definitely dedicated to that. And as Shailani will know, I don't mess around no, you don't. And you get some levels get treats and stuff. All the levels get fun. treats and stuff. So it's fun. <laughs> I will be doing some promotions next week, actually, on Instagram with my Patreon to let everybody know what's going on. And if you have any questions, you can reach me at womenwhosarcast.yahoo.com. 
and you can always go to Patreon and search Women Who Sarcast, and you'll be able to check out those tiers. There's three. We appreciate you listening. And thank you, Shailani, for being on another episode. Thanks for having me. Okay, are we going to do Asthma and Tiger King? Yes, Shailani. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so with that, thank you for listening to Women Who Sarcast. Show music provided by Mike Imbasciani. You can find him at mikeimbasciani.com. Thank you.